0: Thank you for listening to the sermon audio podcast from Greenwood Baptist Church in Weatherford, Texas. Now, here's a message from our senior pastor, Brian Bond. All right. Good morning. I um, wanted to share a couple of things with you before we get started. Um, this is Sanctity of Life Sunday in different churches, and we want to um, we celebrate uh, that every life matters. And uh, man, what a great year it has been for. Uh, Advancements in protecting life and uh, through our Supreme Court and our state legislature and other states around the country. But the battle's not over. You know, there's still a lot to be done. And uh, thankfully, uh, our church is a supporter of Grace House Ministries. And if you have any questions or would like some more information about maybe how to serve there or, or just about what they do, there's a table out in the foyer there that. Um, You can go by, and Charlie, the director of those ministries, goes to our church, but he's speaking at some other churches this morning, so we're praying for him. And then right along with that is we want to encourage you to sign up as a volunteer for uh, Night to Shine, and that's the night when we do a prom kind of event for uh, uh, adults and teenagers with special needs. And it really goes right into, both of those things fall right into every one matters, and um, you know, obviously with the, the, our work in pro-life ministry that is about protecting life, and in the, what we do with uh, Night to Shine, then our exceptional rodeo later, and our every week ministry, remarkable, is to find real ways to show people that they matter, even when society may not view them the same way, that every single life matters, everyone matters. And uh, I'd really encourage you to be a part of that. It's a great night. You'll hear some more about it later on at the end of the service. Um, And there's different ways that you can volunteer and be a part of that. So I hope that you'll be uh, open to that and that God might be able to use you um, in Night to Shine. And so right now I want to, you know, we're continuing our series called I'm In, and today we're talking about the power to influence. And so if you want to go ahead and turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5, uh, verse 13 through 16. And um, if you got some room in the inside of your pew, could y'all move in just a little bit? We're, we're, we got a big crowd and uh, man, we're excited about that. You know, our church um, over the last two weeks, when you add online and in, in person has had almost 1500 people um, here and being a part of our weekend services. And we're excited about that. And uh, good job, man. Y'all, y'all did so good. See people scooting along. I like that. Um, so anyway, we appreciate you helping us with that and making people welcome and inviting people and uh, being a part of that. Um, you know, all of us have influence uh, around uh, the people around us and in different areas of life. We may not see it all the time and it may not be a good influence all the time, but we got influence. And so what we want to talk today is about being salt and light. And we're going to look at some words that Jesus gave us. Um, in the Sermon on the Mount, and kind of go through those two things about how we can be salt and how we can be light. And we're going to start in Matthew 5, beginning verse 13, and if you'd please stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word. You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Thank you. You may be seated. You know, the first thing we're going to talk about today is being salty. And I know that's, uh, the world may have a different meaning for that. But when it comes to the things of God, the Bible, Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth. And salt primarily does two things. It it flavors and it preserves. And in years past, salt was the main way to preserve meat over a period of time. And when you think about flavoring and preservation, that always requires close contact. And so salt is about the influence that we have over the people that we are in contact with. Now, maybe it's your family, maybe it's a group, maybe it's you know your kids on a football team or you're part of a parent association or a group at work or the people that you, um, you know, play with on the weekends, whatever it is, it's that, that group of people. That's where one of the spheres of your influence is. And when it comes to flavoring, we should have an influence on those that are around us. You know, if you're in a group, your goal should be that that group should be better because you're in it. And that you ought to have some kind of influence being in that group. You know, that sometimes requires us to say, hey, hold on, that's not something I can participate. But if you're in a group of friends and they say, hey, we're gonna go, we were gonna go do this, but we know that's not something you do, so we're gonna do this instead, that's influence. Now that may not be life changing, but it's the beginning and we should have influence over the people that are around us. And one of the ways that we do that is by it being known that we belong to Jesus. And it says in first Peter two verses nine through 12 it says, you're not like that for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. You know, the priests in the Old Testament time were the kind of the go-betweens between God and the people. And you had to have been born of the tribe of Levi, you had to have been set aside for service, and then you would have to go through ritual cleansings to make sure that your life was ready and that you were of a, in a place where you could minister to other people, to God and from God to the people. And so that's what we are now. Jesus, the, the word of God says that you are a royal priesthood. You are, are a royal nation. You're the people now that are to be the go-betweens between God and the people. And we have very specific jobs. We're to lead. We're to be an influence in where we're at. Now, some of y'all are going, well, I, you know, I just don't, I'm sorry. I don't, I didn't mean to be influencing nobody. Well, you did. And you, you are an influence. And you should be an influence. Well, I don't like talking in front of people. I don't care. Salt don't have to say nothing to flavor the meat, does it? It's just there. It's in contact. And the very nature of it should change the conversation. You know what? Let me tell you how you can be an influence. You go to a work site and everybody on there is using foul language all day. And you don't do that in a day or two. Guess what? People are going to notice. They're going to know you're different. You ought to be different in the way you live. And that makes an influence that makes a difference. People see that they can tell something's different, but here's the deal. As a result, it says "You're God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. We don't use that influence to try to make people feel bad. We're not doing it to try to make them think we're better than they are. It's an opportunity to show the goodness of God. You know, we go out all the time and we do these outreaches and that's what it's about, it's about showing God's love. You know, one of my favorites has been going through drive-thrus and we'll we'll have, you know, there's times, now I'm gonna be honest with you, this one was a struggle for me too, but there was a time where we went around and we gave people like a crumble cookie. (laughs) I have a hard time giving those away, I ain't gonna lie. That was good. And, you know, I had one, man, that's some good stuff right there. But you know what, we'd go through there and we say, hey, you know, w- we're not ordering anything, we just want to give you a crumble cookie or, or, or a, something else, just as a way to show you God's love. Now, that's a simple thing, isn't it? But man, I, the thing that got me was just how shocked they were. They were like, when I tell them at the, you know, you get to the order place, I don't wanna order anything, I wanna give you something. Okay, come on up to the window. And when I get up to the window, there'd be like three people there looking at me like, what's going on here? What's up with this dude? And then when you'd hand them something good, dude, their, their whole countenance would change. They were like, amazed. really? Wow. And see, we have that opportunity. We do those kind of things as a church and we organize them because we want you to see what it's like. But we want you to do those, do those kind of things all the time. Now, maybe it's not a cookie. Maybe it's just helping somebody. It's opening a door for somebody. It's helping somebody load their groceries at at the Walmarts or whatever it is that you're at. Now, I got people do that too, but sometimes they need help. It's just showing the goodness of God just to bring light to him, not for us. That's being salt. Why? Because he called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. You see, we wanna show the goodness of God because we've received mercy. We want to to show God's goodness because he's been good to us. And man, I tell you what, here's the deal. There has never been a time in the history of our country where it was easier to stand out as a believer than it is right now. I mean, really, you, all you got to do is meet a minimum bar of following Jesus kind of stuff. And the whole world going to notice it. Am I right? Yeah. It is so stinking obvious when you see somebody that's living for Jesus. And I, it ain't even like you ain't turning any kind of th- stones into bread, nothing. All you're doing is living for Christ. And it is obvious that you belong to Jesus. Because we live in a world that is starving for goodness, that's starving to death. We live in a world that, that is being overwhelmed by darkness and any bit of light, any bit of salt is obvious. It's seen. And here's the minimum. All we gotta do is live a life that pleases him. It says on in those verses, dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners, to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. Now this is not saying you got to be perfect. Nobody's going to be perfect. We're going to blow it. But our lives ought to look different. And you know what? There's as easy as it is to live a testimony in front of people. I see every day churches that are, that are making concessions and, and doing all these things. To, to We want everybody to feel good. We want everybody to be included. And they're just becoming more and more like the world. And the problem is in the end, they got nothing to offer. They've lost their saltiness. They've lost their flavor. They've lost what made them different, what set them apart. I've known people in my own life that, hey, I've tried to help them for years and years and years and and they they come running when they need something or when there's a crisis. But 99.9% of the rest of the time, they're just living like they always were. And you know what, at some point, it's not that I don't love them, that I don't care for them, but at some point, I'm moving on. You wanna know why? Because if the sauce lost its flavor, can you make it flavorful again? Here's the deal, if following Jesus can't change you, nothing can. If Jesus can't fix it, nobody can. Now we're all gonna be messed up to a degree, but there's a difference between people that struggle with things and keep trying to follow Christ, that mess up even on a regular basis, and people that really aren't even trying. They just want what they want when they want it. They don't want to be a follower of Christ. They want to use Christianity for something. I got nothing for you. It doesn't mean I don't love you. It doesn't mean I don't care. It doesn't mean I don't want to help you. It just means if Jesus ain't enough to fix it, there ain't enough. There's nothing. If the sauce lost its flavor, can you make it salty again? No, you can't. Now, here's the second part of this. And I say that not to, I'm not trying to get you to cut ties with people that you love or you care about. But what I am telling you is be careful. Don't let people that are not being changed and are not really even trying to follow Christ. Don't let them drain you of everything you got. Because they will. Not that it's, the stuff's important or even that your energy's. Uh, uh, what I'm talking about is give it to people that are being changed. That don't know Christ yet. Don't throw it, don't throw it away. Don't waste it. Now here's the deal about being light. You're the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. Now, here's the deal. Light does two things. It exposes and chases away darkness. It exposes what is there. Okay. You know, y'all look around this sanctuary. Does that the walls look good and everything? They do, right? They look good. Not too long ago, a few years ago, we had, I said, hey, we need to be brighter in here. So we went and we got some bulbs and replaced them and made it brighter. And, and you can even make it brighter than it is right now. And we turned the lights up. And this, I'm giving you all a little family secret. The staff's probably going to be, why'd you tell them that? And I'm going to tell you what, we have been patching and kind of hitting up paint all through the years. And when we turned them lights up, you looked around these walls and went, oh, my goodness. There's like three different colors of paint in here. For reals, people, I ain't lying, there were three different colors of paints in there. And so we painted it all, but we didn't know that until we got enough light in to see that it wasn't matching, that it didn't look right. That's what the light does. And when you live in such a way and you expose and you show the light, let me tell you how you do that by standing on the Word of God, by doing things that are right, by being truthful. Don't make up some excuse of why you can't do that, that thing that you know is against God's word that your friends ask you to go, well, you know, man, it's just not a good week. Tell them, I, I'm sorry, I can't do that. I'm a follower of Jesus. Now you don't have to say, I'm a follower of Jesus and you're gonna burn in hell, mister. I'm not saying that, just shine the light. So I can't do that. Uh, no, I'm not going to do that, man. I, I made a, I made a covenant agreement with my wife, and that 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 would dishonor her, to go do what you're asking, or, or with my husband, or, or whatever the reason is. Part of the light's job is to expose the darkness. That doesn't mean we go around pointing the finger at everybody else's sin. It's not that at all. It means we tell the truth. And here's the deal. You think well, uh, you know, as long as you're like. Nice about it. Nobody will care. Let me tell you about a, a guy named Tony Dungy. Used to be coach of the Buccaneers and won the uh, Super Bowl with the, the Colts. And if you're not a football fan now, he's a commentator on one of the networks. One of the most well known guys in football. Had a reputation as being a Christian for a number of years. Good guy. And everybody was cool with him until this last week when he went to the March for Life and gave a speech talking about the value of life. He didn't say anything negative about anybody. He just talked about the value of life and the need to protect it. And you know what? A whole storm started, a campaign to get him fired. Was it because he did anything mean? No, it's because the darkness doesn't want to be exposed. And so it'll push back against the light. And so here's the thing, that's part of our job is to take a stand and to say, no, we can't do this. It's not to impose my personal beliefs on everybody else. You know, hey, I have strong feelings about my country. I love this country. But it's not my job to go out and make everybody else feel the same way about their country as I do about mine. But what my job is, is to shine the light and the truth of God's word Wow, see, there's like angel harps are going off. I hope that hits on the recording, man, because that was good. <coughs> the angels, and you know. Whatever. You know I don't say nothing in the Bible about angels playing harps, right? Y'all know that, but anywho. <laughs> I don't even know where I'm at now. <laughs> All right. Ephesians 5, 8 through 14, For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of the light. You see, the the salt influences people you're around. Light can go a distance. It can shine a light. It can shine and expose darkness even in other places. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Now, listen to this part. This is important. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret, but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them, for the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead in Christ will give you light. You see, the the light that we shine, and part of it is by the way that we live, the things that we do, and it's also by the things that we say. I'm not saying we got to take a stand on everything out in the world. Everybody wants you to give an opinion. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? What are you going to make a statement about this? You're going to blah, 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 blah. Hey, I'm talking about when it comes to the things of God, we need to make a statement. When it comes to protecting The lives of unborn babies, we ought to be standing up saying, hey, they that those are creations created by God in in their mother's womb. And no one has a right to take their life. And you know what? There are people that have made those mistakes and have experienced that. And what do we offer them? We're not offering condemnation. We want them to know they can be forgiven. They can be healed. But we have to take a stand. When it comes down to the things that go on and that are taught in our schools, we should take a stand for those things that are right and that are true and take a stand against things that are evil and that are damaging to our children. You know, I'm completely amazed all the time that we're having to have conversations about whether guys ought to be allowed in women's bathrooms. Just floors me. I'm like, how far have we come that that is the place where the battleground is? You know what it means? It means we didn't fight it hard enough in some other places, but we got to fight now. We got to protect our girls. And we also need to protect boys that, that are confused at different times in life. We got to love them too. We got to speak the light. We got we to shine a light on the darkness. And the darkness is not going to want it. They're not going to like it. But you know what Jesus said, the gates of hell will not overcome the church. That's us. We need to carefully determine what pleases the Lord because part of sharing the light and shining the light is you got to be living in the light. And so here's the deal, those areas in our life that are displeasing to God, we need to, we need to repent of them, turn away from it and turn to Jesus. Hey, if you're in a relationship and you, with a, with a guy or a girl, or somebody you're dating, and it's become physical and you're not married yet, stop it. Repent. Say, God, I messed up. But you know what the world will tell you? Well, you know, you're already in it now. What difference does it make? It makes a difference. Come live in the light. We can't speak the truth of the light when we're not in the light and we're not living in it. Now I understand hundred percent. There's not, not one of us in this room that has been even the last 24 hours without some kind of sin. That's what we, that's, that's our nature, but you know what? We got to come live in the light, carefully determine what pleases the Lord and choose to live that way. You know what? What difference would I make? There's somebody that you're close enough that you're an influence on. And here's what I want to ask. By by the way that you live and, and the words of your mouth, are you influencing them towards God or away from God? Because you're influencing somebody right now. Be light. It exposes the darkness. You know what else light does? It shows the way. First Corinthians two, one through five. When I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling. And my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. You know, when when you are somewhere and you're in the darkness and you're trying to get somewhere, what do you want? You want somebody to shine a light. You've asked them, hey, somebody shine shine it over here. Or would you turn that light on? Are you looking for a light switch? You want some way to be able to see where you're going. We live in a world where people are asking all the time for somebody to show them a light. Somebody to shine the light. The light shows the way. But we got to be sure that we're shining the light in the, in the right spot. You know, there's all kinds of stuff out there. I mean, I, I, I don't usually mention things by name, but I'm going to mention this one because I don't want you to be deceived. I got an email this week from that uh, he gets us. You should know his commercials saying, hey, we want you to promote this with your church and whatever else. Hey, I went on their website and looked at all of them. And I don't recommend them, let me tell you why. They're not shining a light. Now, maybe they got great intentions, maybe this is part of their plan or whatever, but all they're trying to do is make Jesus look cool. One of the things is Jesus had fun too. And it talks about how Jesus went to parties and had fun with his friends. That ain't light. That's not showing people the way. Look, let me tell you about the the deal about the light. Here's why it's hard. Here's why people don't like it sometimes. It's because it starts out with, I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. And and if you don't know Jesus, you're separated from God. But because God loves you, he sent his son to die on the cross. That's the light, that's the gospel. And those commercials, you know what? They're talking about, hey, you know, Jesus, he understands this, he gets you. Who cares? The fact that knowing Jesus gets you ain't changing anybody's life. It's knowing that he died on the cross for your sins and that he rose again to give, to show that he is who he says he is and impart life to those that follow him. What's the point? Hey, my job's not to make Jesus cool. It's not to talk you into believing in God. That's not my job. It's not my job to convince you that Christianity is the best way to live. It's not my job to convince you that being a Christian is gonna get you this or make all your troubles go away or any of those things. My job is to, is to shine a light. Here is the way. The way is Jesus. You know the most important thing I probably learned in Sunday school. You know, I'm, I, you'd be sitting there with your friends when y'all was a kid and maybe y'all joking around, you playing a little bit and you ain't paying attention. Teacher sees that. Mr. Bond, can you give us the answer to the question I just asked? I'll tell you what I learned in Sunday school. Yes, ma'am. What's the answer? Jesus. <laughs> what Sunday school is gonna tell you, oh, Jesus, Jesus is wrong. Ain't nobody gonna tell you that. <laughs> they might go, well, that's not exactly what I, but that's a good answer, because it's Jesus. They ain't going to tell you that's wrong. Let me tell you what. That truth applies to all of life. Do you know that? You know, your friends are always, people are, they'll ask you to shine a light. Hey man, I'm having this problem in my marriage. I, I don't know what to do. They're asking you to shine a light. And you know what? It don't matter. Well, I'm not a marriage counselor. I don't know what to tell them. I'm not really sure. Shine the light. Do you know what the light is? It's Jesus. It's always Jesus. Hey, I don't know the answers. to that. I struggle in my marriage too. But I, I tell you what, come to church with me. Following Jesus has changed our lives. Following Jesus has held us together when nothing else could. Come let me tell you about him. Come to church with me. Whatever. Man, I'm about to go bankrupt. I don't know what to do. You know, I'm just down all the time. I don't know what to do. When they ask you to shine a light, shine the light on Jesus. Because it's the only thing that can really change somebody's life. And it really is that simple. You don't know, hey, if it's a believer, a brother, or a sister, man, I don't know what to tell you, but I'll be here for you and I'll pray with you. And I'll help you find somebody that maybe can tell you more. But I'm telling you, first of all, we need to go to Jesus. If they don't know Jesus, tell them about Christ. The answer is always Jesus, it's that simple. First Corinthians 1, 17 through 19, you didn't send me, Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the good news and not with clever speech. It don't matter if, well, I don't know all the words. Well, I don't know all the answers. What if they ask me this question? What if they ask me something I don't know? Who am I to, I'm not perfect either. I can't be telling them stuff. Look, you don't have to have clever speech. You don't have to know all the answers. If you know Jesus, you know the answer. So, but to preach the good news and not with clever speech, for fear that the cross of Christ would lose its power. See, the power is not in what you know, it's in who you know. The power is in the cross. For this message of the cross is foolish those who are headed for destruction. Some of them aren't going to accept it. Oh, you know, I don't want any of that religious stuff. Okay. If you ever change your mind, I'm right here. And in the meantime, I'll pray for you. But you know what? Part of us, we're, we're, so, we're so locked in to wanting people to like us. We're afraid they won't like us if they know. We're afraid they'll get mad at us. And so you realize what what you're doing is they're in a dark room and they're looking for the door. They're looking for the way and you got a light and they're saying, would you show me, would you give me a light, man? I might shine on something you don't like. So I'm just going to let you stumble in the dark, shine the light, but we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. Man, this guy, he was pretty smart. As the scriptures say, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent. Do you realize the smartest people in the world are the ones telling us that they can't really define what a woman is right now? Do you know that? Well, if they say they're a woman. So if I say I'm Ukraine, will you send me billions of dollars? Just ask not being political, it was a joke, just give them the light, give them the truth, and don't worry about this, well, you know, they got all this intellect, and I'm, you know, intimidated, but don't be, you know, if you can't look out there now and see the intellect and the results of it, I'm, I'm just like, Some of y'all, thanking God that God didn't make us that smart. Because there's people that are so smart. I I know you ain't supposed to say stupid in church, but you know what I mean. They've gone so far away from God, they've been blinded to any truth. And proclaiming to be wise, they became fools. That's just scripture. Don't be intimidated by other people's quote knowledge or intelligence God's going to destroy the wisdom of the wise now here's the deal all those things are hard they're hard to do I get it and everything that you anytime you shine light it feels like a risk doesn't it anytime you're trying to live like salt you're like man here's what the enemy will tell you oh you're you're gonna be known as the religious fanatic of the group Anybody going to want to be around you? God's told you to be salt. Be salty. He's told you to be light. Shine the light. And you know what? Here's the thing. I'm looking through this Bible over and over again. Well, they were outnumbered. God brought victory. The powerful Egyptian army had them trapped between the sea and and, then, and, and where they were, they were, there was no escape. But God parted the sea and destroyed the whole army. Even though the Israelites didn't even have a weapon. They didn't have any weapons. They'd been slaves for 400 years. But God defeated their enemies. There was one place where they fought all day and they were so tired that God sent down hailstones on their enemies and defeated them. And the Bible says more were killed by the hand of God than by the hands of the Israelites. David, there's a passage in scripture where God's told him, he said, I want you to go into these trees over here and I want you to wait until you can hear. It will sound like armies marching in the top of the treetops. He said, I'm going to go in front of you and I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to deliver them into your hands. So here's the thing you got to do is you got to decide, am I going to try to protect myself or am I going to trust God? Am I going to worry about the opinions and thoughts of other people? Or am I going to trust the one who created me and gave himself for me? I'm going to let y'all in on a little secret. Y'all can look at the back of the book. God wins again. And I want to be on his side. Don't you? Then be salt and be light right now. That's a privilege we have. But if the sauce lost its flavor, if the sauce just become just like what it's trying to flavor, what good is it? We're supposed to be different. We're supposed to live differently. And when we do, you know what the Bible says? We will make a difference. And he will make a difference through our testimony. And through the flavor of our lives that touches other people. And through the light that we shine by the way that we live and by the words that we speak and what we stand for. We will make a difference. Are you in? Everybody's got to make a decision. Now, for those of you, and here's the thing, preaching the gospel. I get it. It can be intimidating. But one of the things that we do every week when I share the gospel at the end of the service, I did in the first service three people indicated they prayed to receive Christ. I do it kind of the same way every week. And if you've been here for a while, or if if you hadn't yet, just keep coming, it'll get to you. There'll be a point where you will know what I'm going to say before I say it. I do it the same way every week on purpose. Because if you have an opportunity to share the gospel You've heard it enough, you know the gospel. It's really as simple as A, B, C. You ready? A, the first thing you got to do is admit you're a sinner and ask forgiveness of your sins. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin are death. So you've got to admit you're a sinner. The second thing you've got to do is you've got to believe in Jesus. Jesus wasn't just some guy, he was the son of God. And as the son of God, he died on the cross for your sins and for mine. And he rose on the third day, according to scripture, he died the death. that should have been mine. He died the death. that should have been yours. You got to believe in Jesus. And then the third thing is you got to confess Jesus as Lord. Romans 9 and 10. That if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's it. A, B, C. So when you get a chance, if somebody asks you to shine the light, shine the light. And remember, the answer is always Jesus. If you have not made that decision to trust Jesus, I want to give you the opportunity to do that in a moment. You know, here's the thing I've heard people say, well, I've always been a Christian. You have not. Now, you may have always believed in Jesus, but all of us have to come to a point in our life where we determine that we're gonna trust Christ, we're gonna ask forgiveness for our sins, and we're gonna confess Jesus for ourselves. Your parents can't do it for you, grandparents can't do, you for, do it for you. You can't be a good enough person for all sin. And if you've never done that, if you've never made that decision, we wanna give you the opportunity to do that today, and I wanna lead you in a brief prayer of salvation. So you can pray this prayer with me. You can repeat it after me. Or you can pray in your own words. And you don't have to do it out loud. You can pray in your heart. God will hear you. But right now, if that's you, if you'd like to know that your sins are forgiven, if you'd like to know that you have peace with God, and if you'd like to know that that's going to be for all eternity, you pray this with me right now. I'm going to ask that everyone bow your heads, close your eyes, and pray with me now. Dear Lord in heaven, Thank you for loving me. Thank you for Jesus. God, I know I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and my life. Cleanse me. Make me yours. I believe Jesus is your son. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. And I believe he rose on the third day according to scripture. So today I trust Jesus as my savior and I confess him as my Lord. Now, if you prayed that prayer today and you meant it, here's what I want to ask you to do. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. You don't have to say anything in front of anybody. All I want you to do, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to look up at me right now and keep looking until I see it because I want to pray for you. Prayed that prayer today, you look up at me right now. Okay, all right, okay, all right, all right, see you, okay, all right, okay, here's all I'm going to encourage you to do, I would encourage you to talk to someone about your shit. We would love to talk to you about it. We'd love to answer any questions and talk to you about the next steps in following Jesus. You don't have to join our church. We just want to help you. Matter of fact, we want you to be in the right place. If it's somewhere else, we're all right with that. But we would love to help you to understand what the next steps in following Jesus are. There's different ways you can contact us. There's a number on the screen. You can just text save to that number and we'll get back with you and set up a time to talk either on the phone or in person or John, one of our pastors, will be here at the front and dismiss us in prayer in a few moments. And you can come up here and we'll have somebody talk to you today. Or we can just get your information in and um, set up a time to talk to you later on. It's important that you talk to someone. But we don't want anything from you. We're not going to ask anything from you. We just want to help. I also want to pray for you here in just a moment right now. And thank you. Thank you for making that decision, allowing us to be a part of your spiritual journey. And I want to ask God to strengthen you. And for the rest of us, that he would help us to be salt and light this week. Let's pray. Dear only Father, we thank you, God, for your goodness to us. And Lord, I pray for those that have made a decision today to trust you. That, God, you would strengthen them, that, Lord, they would, as each day passes, know more and more love and your mercy, your forgiveness. Father, I pray they'd find the right church. Lord, you know they're welcome here, but I want them to find the place where they can grow and where they can move in their walk with Christ. Father, I just pray for blessings upon their life and direction, Father, that they could clearly see from your word by your spirit. Lord, help all of us, Father, to be salt and light, to be a difference, to live for you, and to be an influence on those that are around us and those we come in contact with, and even those that don't. Father, may our lives and our actions and our words glorify your name. Lord, we pray and we ask these things in the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Greenwood Baptist Church in Weatherford, Texas. You can find links to topics and scriptures discussed in this episode by looking at the show notes. You can find more information online at greenwood.church. If you have any questions or comments, please send an email to info at greenwoodbc.com.